Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we are back. We're better. I, I actually don't know if that's true. I just, we're back. Like that, the first part of that statement is just objectively true. We are back. It's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten the chance to chat last time. And uh, honestly, maybe even for the best, because we were talking pre-show and we we're like, ah, it is definitely, we are recording a podcast about hockey in August. We are definitely doing that today. <laughs> it's one of those folks. So be warned that this could turn into pure unadulterated chaos. Uh, and we've warned you. We've warned you, so. Yes, yes, we have. I, I do think we have some good things. It's just not going to be as much as we will have, um, hopefully, in another month or so. So. Yeah, because things have to still happen. And if nothing else, in a month or so, the Jackets will be getting ready to take the ice again. And, and you know, we'll start learning about who's going to Traverse City and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're really not that far away from it. It feels like it's so far away because the next month is going to be a really grueling month. But it's it's really a lot closer than it feels. Yeah, for both of us, there's a lot of things that have to happen uh, in between now and when we get to go to Traverse City. So um it will be madness but we will get through it and everything will be great it will be and laura and i are as if you're new here uh, we work in education which means that august is when things start to really get busy so pardon us if uh the content is a little wacky or irregular or whatever have you we'll try to bring it to you as quickly and as efficiently and you know consistently as we can so uh laura it's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten to chat on the show. I mean, we've actually seen each other a couple of times in person <laughs> since we last recorded an episode. So we've definitely chatted. So maybe we don't have to do a ton of catch up today, but at least with the listeners, we've got to do some catch up. And that is just like, what? how have you been the last couple of weeks? How are things? Uh, we're going to both talk a little bit about the pieces that we wrote for Inside the Rink because we now have both officially published on Inside the Rink. So congratulations, Laura, for doing the damn thing. Woohoo! Finally um, got it done. <laughs> and then Laura, obviously, will have you chat a little bit about that story, and uh, we'll play a little audio clip from uh, a portion of that story here later on. But Laura, just how are you doing? It's uh, another week coming to a close, and we're now officially into August. So how's how's the brain doing? I am good. I... Yeah, we'll go with good. Um, <laughs> uh, for the most part, you know, things have been good. I got to see you and finally celebrate your birthday in some way, shape, or form, um, which hopefully it's in arm's reach and you can show your birthday present. Mm. It's not. It's very it's far not. away. Okay. <laughs> but I will show my birthday present off here very soon to the people. Okay. It's really nice. I was very impressed with myself. Um, and I got to see our, or actually not see, but spend multiple days with our friend Pashi, who just got married. Um, and that was lovely. And I got to have an Auntie Laura day with my three favorite little munchkins and took my sister's kids for the whole day this past Saturday. And we literally did um, so many things. And my 
Auntie Heart is both very full and very broke. Um, so, cause I went in with a plan and the plan flew out the window. So yeah, y'all had excursions. We did. Um, we, uh, our first stop was five below. Cause what kid doesn't love five below? What like 20, 30 year old doesn't love five below. Let's tell the truth. Correct. And they were given specific instructions. They each got $10 and then they were allowed to also pick a candy um so we spent probably 40 minutes and five below uh watching the three of them uh debate back and forth on what they were going to spend their ten dollars on what a good budgeting tip or a right? good budgeting lesson for the children how much uh, did they go over though um only like five dollars so because some impressive. things were like some things were like 520 because you know it's not actually five below anymore um, you know, there's things that are over $5. So like Hudson got a, um, oh, what are those things called? A Funko pop. And they're like five twenty-five at five below. So, um, but yeah, no. they have a below $10 section too. Don't they like where it's like, like really pretty, like in like extra stuff. House, <laughs> yeah. And household things that are a little bit more expensive. Um, but it was it was fun watching them like put things in their carts because they each wanted one of the pulley carts, um, and then they'd see something else and they'd be like, oh, "I'm going to put this other thing back because I really want this thing." Um, but I think they made great choices. They made some weird candy choices, but okay. I'm not going to judge them Don't too harshly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were no? Let's talk about it. What were the weird candy choices? Let's see if they're weird or if you're weird. Jameson's was fine. It was regular Sour Patch Kids. Okay. Um, Hallie got a little mini gumball machine keychain thing. Okay, very cute. Very cute. So really, then, this is you just trying to find a way to drag Hudson. Okay, yeah, really. He got a... So he actually got two candies because one of his candies was $5. So he used uh, half of his $10 on the candy, which was one of those giant, like... Um, you can use it as a piggy bank after it, like gi- giant tubes yeah. full of warheads. Huh. Mm-hmm. And then I told him that he could get a second candy because like technically, you know, he could because he spent his $10 and then I said he could get candy. And this child who is nine picks out wild berry Tic Tacs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you should have just said it was him that you were trying to like shame on the show. Well, you know, I wanted to try and see, but, and then he ended up leaving them in my car. So I have to bring them to him this weekend. Mm. Um, But then of course the five below is right across the street from a target. And they all saw the target when we pulled into the five below and they were like, Oh my gosh, can we go to target? We never get to go to target. And of course we still had like, 40 minutes or no not even for like 30 minutes before our next thing opened so i was like oh fine and i'm thinking to myself like be strong like maybe you can each get the you can get them each something little at target and so the first stop was hudson wanted to go look for he's big into collecting cards now so like pokemon and sports cards and all those sort of stuff So we go over to the sports cards and of course all he wants is these cards that are in like a locked glass case. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that Aunt Laura wants to spend 
that kind of money today. Um, but, you know, let's go look around and see. So we go over to the toys and um, Hallie immediately wants to go see the Barbies and the boys are like, we want to go see the boys toys. And I was like, okay, it was just like an aisle over. Um, and so Hallie and I are looking at the Barbies and she's looking and she's looking up at me and she's looking and she's looking up at me and she's looking and she's looking up at me. And I'm like, Oh God. And then Hudson runs up to me with this gigantic wrestling toy. He's also very into a WW, I think it's WWE now, uh, wrestling. And he goes, Aunt Laura, it's the last one. It's the last one I need of this guy in this series. And I just was like, fine. And I was like, how much is it? And he goes, $22.95. And I just was like, Jesus Christ. And so Hallie looked at me and I went, fine. I was like, you can get a Barbie that is the same price as the toy that Hudson's getting. And so she picked out gymnastics Barbie and was very excited. And Jameson was being very like fickle. He was like, I don't think I want anything. Like, it's fine. He's 12 and a half. So he, you know, but he ended up picking up a, a Pokemon hat, which was the cheapest of the things that we bought at Target. Um, and then as we were walking to the cash register, there was this end unit that had um, all of these sort of discounted toys from the brand new uh, Little Mermaid. And Hallie loves the brand new Little Mermaid. Like half of the stuff that she got at Five Below is from the new Little Mermaid. And so she immediately sees a uh, Ariel doll and she walks up to it. And she's like, she's so pretty. And I was like, if you want her, you have to put Gymnastics Barbie back. Like, we're only getting one Barbie today. And so she immediately decided she wanted Ariel. And Ariel was $10 cheaper than Gymnastics Barbie. <laughs> so I was pro this decision. Um, but yeah, so, and then we went pottery painting, which was a lot of fun. The kids got to pick out their own little piece of pottery. And they had a good time painting and decorating and all that sort of stuff. And then a demand of McDonald's for lunch uh, occurred. So we got some Happy Meals, um, some milkshakes, and they were happy as clams. And then we went to a park and they played at a park for like 45 minutes. And then we went to see grandpa, AKA my dad and uh, oh, and eat Dairy Queen. So we had a full day. Yeah, full day full of sugar. You said milkshake and then we got Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, it pays to be one of Laura's favorites is basically what it boils down to uh, because that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, pretty much. And it yeah. was so glorious and I loved every minute of it. And there. They're very wise kids. And at the end of the day, when we were driving back to their mom and dad's house and they, you know, I said, did you have fun? And they said, yeah, of course. And I was like, I, you know, they're like, we just wanted to spend time with you. And I said, well, you know, not every time will be like this. And they're like, every time doesn't have to be like this. We just want to spend time with you. And so that was very sweet. It made me very happy. So, yeah. Um, a lot of tears, I'm sure. Yes. 
as a result for sure as a result of that excursion but no it sounds great and i'm glad you got to hang out with the kiddos yeah so how are you doing that's a loaded question um because good and bad uh i'm okay i am tired it is now August, which means that all the things are starting up again, which means that everything is going to be hitting the fan before you know it. And I'm talking about things at work that I never thought I'd have to talk about, like millions and millions of dollars worth of insurance. So I'm having a good time. But no, it's I'm good to an extent. My dad, I'm now like the only Paul that lives in Michigan. My dad moved back down to Ohio officially, actually today. So that happened. Um, oh, and then, Oh, no, you're not. That's cousins on the other side of the family. Yeah, yeah. the other cousins that are in Michigan are the other side of the family. So staking claim to being the only Paul in the state of Michigan. Um, I'm sure there are others, but at least on this side of things. I mean, I don't know, though. I don't know. I feel like I have questions, but I digress. Um, So, yes, so uh, that's going well. Happy for that all to be happening and to have everything moved so that way it's not a matter of more things that i need to go get um so that feels nice um what else what else what else i just got done facilitating this last week although um i'm nervous because um as of today and literally as we're recording this um it looks like at least a third of the facilitators that I was facilitating with, maybe half have COVID. Oh, welcome to 2023 folks. It's not over. (laughs) Um, It's rampant. Um, And a lot of students also got it from the facilitation. So I feel fine. I don't feel ill at all, but I am going to take one tomorrow just to be safe. Um, But yeah, I'm like, oh man, (laughs) it gets the reminder of as much as I love facilitating and being a person and doing these kind of things again with students and all that kind of stuff, it's like, there's still a risk. And so here we are getting it out of the way during the summer. So that way it doesn't end up being an issue during hockey season. True. Because that'll be bad. now might also take a test. Yeah, you probably should. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. Um, Because Laura has seen me since. But like I said, I don't have any symptoms. So I'm feeling positive, but... Anyway, the facilitation as a whole was good. Um, that was fun. Uh, it's always it's always really joy-giving and life-giving to me, so I feel recharged in that aspect, but uh, fingers crossed on the rest of it. So. Well, I know that you can't show your actual birthday present, but did you enjoy your baked good birthday present? Oh, yeah, I did, as did everybody in my office, because when I went back the next day, all gone. <laughs> entirely all gone i did i did get three out of it for myself good <laughs> i'm glad you three. got three um, after the piece that you ripped off before you know that that includes that included yep. all right um and so <laughs> it is what it is very good um i was showing co-workers also like the origin video from where the brownie or the banana bars came from and so i have a co-worker who is like doesn't love sweets and like that is like a sweet like recipe who is like i'm gonna find a way to make this savory and this i'm like you go for it enjoy it i said and i will taste it because i will eat anything yeah i mean there were inherently the bars were not very sweet but the icing had four cups of powdered sugar in it so well and i think you used a different recipe right because the recipe in the video she put a metric fuck ton of sugar 
in the batter. Yeah, it's but, not the same recipe. It's yeah. a recipe I found on Pinterest uh, for brown butter banana bars, which is you what you sent me, but that's just a different... Correct. Um, but yeah, this banana bread, banana bar recipe had far less sugar than um, the original one. And also yeah, had, like I told you, it had sour cream in it too to like cut the sweetness. So... Mm. It was lovely. It was very good. It was very good. But Laura, you know what else was really good? What? <laughs> did you almost mess up? <laughs> did you almost I, did you almost give in? I did, yes. <laughs> good work not messing up. Um, no, so uh what else was really good was your story on the Cap City Summer Elite League. It it was it was great. Um, Laura, that was her first story that got published here this last week. If you haven't read it, go check it out. You can find her writing at on the website. It's inside the rink.com, or you can follow her at ITR Laura to see all that stuff. But Laura, it was great. Um, you got a chance to to chat with some of the folks behind the whole the whole thing. And uh we've talked about it as a league on the show before, but I think maybe just give a little bit of a rundown of what you got to talk about and just like all that kind of stuff. Yes. So I finally bit the bullet and did my first article for Inside the Rink. Um, I was very nervous, as Jeremy can attest, uh, for the million questions that I asked him. And um, I have always really loved writing. I used to do writing in a more personal fashion a number of years ago. Um, and my parents have always wanted me to like get back into writing in some way, shape, or form. But I've never done any sort of sports writing as if you've been with us for a while, know that um, sports wasn't really wasn't a part of my life until about almost six years ago. So um, this was definitely brand new territory for me. And I'm not as like analytical and like stats focused as um, most other sports writers are. So I don't have as much like, confidence in writing about those things because I come from I come to it and from it in a much different light I feel um so hopefully I can have a kind of a different voice um through my my sports writing than the average um individual not that there's anything wrong with the other kind but um so yeah and I really wanted to do a feature on Cap the Cap City Summer Elite League because Truly, I feel like this is an event or a program that is, I mean, I know that they happen in other places across the country, but just feels so special and unique for the city of Columbus and has had such um, success so quickly. Um, They're only halfway through the eight-week program right now, and they have basically packed uh, the Chiller North every single week on a Tuesday afternoon at noon. Um and it's getting so much attention, like just across the hockey world. And I really wanted to shine a light on it. And I got the opportunity to actually speak to JC Campagna, who does the whole operations management um, for the league, is also one of the founders, is also playing in the league as he does play over in Europe um, as a professional. And it was a really fun opportunity to uh, meet him and get to talk a little bit more about how this um, whole idea came together, um, what it's doing for Columbus and the hockey community, and 
where they're going forward. Um, and I have it all written out, of course, in the article, but uh, we were lucky enough that I recorded it all on audio and uh, we can play it here on the show. So I'll stop yap yakking and we'll hear from JC. Okay, so first things first, how did the league come about and how long have you guys been planning to make this a reality? Uh, yeah, so this has been something we've talked about for the last three or four years. Um, and then finally we said, let's do it. Like, so we just pulled the trigger. Uh, we got a team together that thought we could pull it off pretty well. And it seems like we're doing so well so far. So we're happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's already had a lot of great success. We're in week three already. How are you feeling about how it's been going? I'm really happy with it. At the end of the day, like this is built for the players. Um, so... I, I can't say enough about the guys I work with, uh, the, the other partners, they're all fantastic and we've all put so much work into making this what it is and now our focus is just continue and, and keep doing what we're doing to keep it, you know, keep the success rolling. Yeah, awesome. And you've already had a lot of big stars want to be involved in the league so far, so how do you feel about so much support and like wanting to participate from the NHLers. Well, it just speaks to the growth of hockey in Columbus, of guys willing to stay here in the offseason and train for their season, and it, it, it's kind of a trickle effect. As soon as a couple NHL guys start playing, then more asked to play, and you know, see, you've seen today, we have guys from actually, who don't even live here, who are just in town visiting, that jumped on the ice and are, are playing in game two. Um, first round picks in NHL, we have NHL captain franchise, captains of a franchise, so it's just, it's grown so much, and I think it's only going to get better as guys start coming back into town to get ready for Blue Jackets camp. Yeah, absolutely. So the narrative is always that Columbus isn't a hockey town. What does an event like this do to like get rid of that narrative? I think it shows like when we have a thousand people on a Tuesday afternoon uh, watching a, a four-on-four, three-on-three summer league game. Um, it kind of proves the narrative wrong. I think that Columbus is one of the best places to play in the NHL, and it's starting to pick up recognition for that. Um, we're starting to get you know guys like Johnny Gaudreau to come to Columbus and Wierenski to stay in Columbus. So it's it's uh, it's starting to live up to it's 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 gonna. I think it's gonna overpass its uh, you know reputation reputation of, of being not a hockey town. Gotcha. Yeah. And then lastly, you've already had so much success. Are you already planning for next year? Oh yeah, we so this year um, we are trying to make sure that we have obviously we have five weeks left. So we're going to make sure that these five weeks uh, go as smoothly as possible, and we continue to do things professional as we can. Um, and then next year we're going to ramp it up and, and see what we can change. You know, we're always asking for the players' ev opinions every week. We're saying what could be better, what did you like, what didn't you like. So this week. All the boys voted for four and four. Boom, we moved to four and four. No hesitation. So um, that's just kind of the way our league is going to go. Uh, we have everything set up for them in the locker room when they get here. We have a lunch buffet provided by Smoked on High after for them to eat. So awesome. it's we're trying to run it like an NHL NHL program would run it. So it's it's been really fun. And I think it has just been so much fun. And, and I mean, obviously, like you talked about it with him, just like even looking forward to next year already, obviously, like still with weeks to go left in this iteration of it. But I can only imagine this thing getting bigger and bigger and, as it kind of has 
naturally. I mean, I think it's on it, like in terms of like the NHLers, like it slowed down a little bit this week. I think that this is the time of year, especially like you're getting closer to like the last opportunities to take some vacation and like do this kind of stuff. Boone Jenner recently got married. And so obviously Boone Jenner was honeymooning. And so he wasn't playing this week and you'll have guys in and out of the lineups here as they have been for the first few weeks of the season. But it's, it's just been fun to see this whole thing come together. And there's like also like just an excitement about those roster moves and things like that when they happen. And so I mean, to to navigate managing all of that, JC's done a great job. He's obviously so gracious to have – I mean, he he loves talking about it. He loves Columbus hockey, and he he's ready to put it on a pedestal. And, you know, this is a guy who – he's not an NHL, right? He's not – but, like, this is a way that he can make a difference in growing – hockey in Columbus and he's doing it in a really effective way. I mean, there aren't just guys from Columbus who have played in Columbus that are playing in this league. I mean, it's everybody. Yeah. And I think one of the special parts of it is um, the fan interaction part of it, the opportunity for uh, fans who may not get or be able to have, you know, glass or lower bowl seats um, during the season, or even be able to go to a game during the season. And they're getting the opportunity to be up close and personal with some of their, you know, favorite NHL players, particularly, you know, here in Columbus, as they are mostly associated with the Blue Jackets. But, and when I say up close and personal, I like literally mean up close and personal, like the Chiller North is a, it is a local arena um, where, you know, peewees and juniors and all those sort of people do, you know, ice skating nights. Like, it's not a huge facility. Um, we did learn it can hold over a thousand people in one rink, though, because uh, that's what the numbers they've been getting uh, every Tuesday so far. But um, you are right up on the glass. Like, if you're in the bleachers, you're not more than like 35 feet away from the ice. Um and then particularly in the area where the teams come in and out, um, they have learned that they need to have a little bit of a security. Um, but, you know, the kids and the fans can stand right there and players are so gracious and have been stopping and signing and interacting with fans. Uh, Patrick Line, most notably, has the two weeks that he's played, he's stood out and signed and interacted with every single kid for like 45 minutes, like after the games, like, and it just means so much like to see, we got the opportunity to attend last week and, you know, to just see these kids faces light up when they get to have these one-on-one interactions. Um, and to, to hear the little kids say, you're my favorite player, Boone, or, um, we miss you, Cam, because Cam Atkinson is a big part of, of this league as well. And, um, it's just such a unique unique opportunity. And it's also pulling together um, a lot of local um, businesses and people who are passionate about the Columbus hockey community. Uh, I mean, the four sponsors are High Banks Distillery, 614 Hockey, um, Blade Tech, and then the Battery Hockey Academy, which is the academy owned or co-owned by Camp Atkinson. And, um, you know, those are four uh, local businesses that are literally dedicated to helping grow um, hockey in Columbus, where they're also using a brand new or newer like media company. Um, I think it's called Yamo. Yamo Media. Y-A-M-O. To do all the live streaming. And the live streaming has been so great. They have multiple camera angles. They have um, color commentary. Like they do the stats, everything. 
um, which is just amazing. They're using two local high school kids to do um, the announcements in the arena as well as the scorekeeping. And they are the two uh, kids behind the Nye Arena, if you haven't heard of it. It's a special interactive in-home arena experience, which hopefully we can talk more about uh, down the road. Um, and then, of course, like using local talent to do all of their um, pictures with our friend Danny Smith as the credentialed photographer for the league and her capturing just these incredible pictures and, you know, to see these big stars, but if all, you know, levels of hockey, ECHL, ACHL, NCAA, like juniors, NHLers all on the ice together in this tiny community rink. Um, and, you know, her stuff is getting featured on NHL.com and all this sort of stuff. And it's just really a homegrown passion project and to see it have so much success so quickly just filled me with like so much joy because I love we both love the Columbus hockey community so much and that's why I really wanted it to be my first piece um to just hone in on that so I think it turned out pretty okay so like Jeremy said you can read it on insidethering.com or um, find it on my twitter itr laura um that would be great. Yeah, no, you you did great work. And ultimately, like, the story is just cool. Like, I, I can't wait to see how this thing continues to grow. And uh, Laura says that it was the kids going up to Cam Atkinson and saying that they missed him. Well, uh, I think that Laura had to I did not in her go, power. I did not go up to him. Don't make it sound like I was creepy. No, I you stayed didn't. a very reasonable distance away from him. Yeah, so. I, in your brain, you were like... Oh my God. <laughs> crying. In my yeah, brain, I was right. crying. Um, but I swear, you'll never see anyone happier on the ice than Cam Atkinson. Like, That's true. That is true. Yeah, he has a Just great time. look at any one of the pictures that Danny has taken of him participating in this league, and you can tell that he's pumped to be able to be back on the ice. So. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's no doubt about that. And I'm hoping that the photo of you, you mentioned just how like gracious these players are with their time as they're you know, coming off the ice or whatever have you. When we were there, uh, there is a photo of me trying my best to get out of Boone Jenner's way as he's trying to give some time to some kids. And, you know, I'm like trying to get into the media area. <laughs> it's like such, it's awful. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> I believe, I believe Danny has put that away in the vault. Um, and... I, Danny has, Danny has a lot of photos in the vault that I hope never make it out. Yeah, you better not ever get on her bad side because she, she definitely caught me. Pick, I think she caught me picking my nose at a game. So <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> like, welcome to being alive, right? Um, I'm gonna have to ask her to show me the vault someday. So. I know, me too, me too. But um, well, there's a lot of things that you will have to look up in the vault if you don't get the chance to watch your favorite NHL games this upcoming season. And so you're going to want to make sure that you are signed up to ESPN plus to catch all of your local in and out of market games whenever they're streaming on ESPN plus. So definitely uh, check out inside the slash ESPN plus to get subscribed before the season starts. Again, we're only a little over a month outside of training camp. So that's a little wild to, to think about, but here we are. And um, Laura, I, I've got a wild one for you. Sorry, I was muted. Um, <laughs> you do have a wild one. Um, 
One that I don't think a lot saw coming, but is something that definitely needs to be talked about. Yeah, well, honestly, like, maybe, I don't know, like, I guess you can maybe even say that you did see it coming, because I think, like, it's gotten to such an egregious point. So, um, over over the weekend, um, you know, it as in the midst of me facilitating too, like, so I was like, I need to like write about this because it's just insane to me. So, um, Alexander Wenberg, former Columbus Blue Jacket, has bounced around a little bit since being in Columbus. He was bought out, uh, back, I believe, uh, in that COVID off season. Um, and so he's bought out and ends up signing in Florida, ends up in Seattle, has played there since their first season. So he's going into his third season in Seattle now. And so um, over the last, you know, few days, about a week or so, the Wembergs have started to speak out quite a bit on some of the, um, this is, and then this is a content warning for folks who maybe don't want to listen to this portion of the show. We're going to be talking a little bit about like just like sexual harassment and sexual misconduct, but um, you know, feel free to skip ahead and we'll tell you where to skip ahead to. But so Essentially, um, Felicia Weinberg, um, Alexander Weinberg's wife, uh, who is a scholar who has studied things specifically related to consent um, and, and you know sex work, those kind of things. So she, yeah, so she's fantastic. She's educated, all this kind of stuff, and she made a comment that things had crossed the line with the ways in which some of these players or some not to just say some of these players i mean specifically alex but the idea that a specific faction of fans um related specifically to book talk which is an interesting like an interesting like conglomerate of things it's not just a hockey thing it's it's much bigger than that but um obviously some hockey literature has become popular within different reading circles over the course of the last few years especially those in which have more of like an lgbtqia plus theme to them and so um Hockey is kind of a sport that folks, some folks in book talk latched onto, and uh, specifically the Seattle Kraken kind of started to play into that a little bit. And in playing into that, I think they kind of accidentally, this is definitely not intentional, gave some power and potentially then even fueled the fire a little bit by posting some videos of players that were a little sexualized in nature. And so basically, book talk ran away with this, saying a lot of things. Um, one creator specifically like the most gruesome thing that i remember hearing was like um you know i don't have a five hole but i've got three that you can fill like and, and which is like i i am a here for a crude joke just the same way any other person is like laura has heard me talk before but it's just a matter of like time and place and also just like the dehumanization of these hockey players in this context that i think is really where a line gets crossed and i think the Wenbergers the Wenbergs are good on good on them for speaking out a little bit on this and for drawing awareness to it and for challenging the behavior that, you know, players, anybody can be hypersexualized without their consent and it's okay. And that's just not the, that's not the case. Yeah. I, um, I had, I hadn't seen the original post when it came out um, from that specific creator on TikTok, but I saw it um, in the past few days and what you said about it was not even the worst part of it. Like there were things that were said in that video that um, were just so inappropriate. And this culture of things has spread into other forms of social media. So Instagram, Twitter, all this sort of stuff. And also onto Alex's wife and his personal social media pages to where people are commenting 
grossly sexual things on pictures of him and his wife, pictures of him with his child. Um, and it was getting to the point where it was becoming very disturbing to them. And I applaud Felicia um, for taking you know, the time to really speak her mind. Like Jeremy said, she's an incredibly well-educated woman. Um, and she has done a lot for educating Alex as well. Um, I told Jeremy one of the sort of saddest parts about this is Alexander Wenberg is one of the few hockey players um, in the National Hockey League that's known for having pretty strong feminist values um, and has always been a proponent for, for women and for the LGBTQIA plus community, for trans people, um, you know, people of color, like he has always been an advocate for that. And that is something that he and his wife have really strived for. And that's what they wanted to use their platforms for. And they always give back to the communities that he plays in. Um, and to have people have sort of this visceral reaction to her speaking out a, a, against this, you know, claiming like, well, men always do this to women, so why can't we do this to men? Um, and he should just deal with it. He's in the public eye, like, blah, 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 blah. No, the point is, and what we should all be working towards, is that we don't do this to anyone of either gender. Like, that we don't overly sexualize men or women or non-binary people. Like, it's not necessary. And it was kind of astounding to see the people like coming after her so much so that Alex had to release his own statement, um, which he very much so also credited his wife's education because he said, you know, normally Felicia says things about this stuff because I am not as eloquent about it, but it does make me uncomfortable. And it has really overstepped the line when you're coming on my personal social media and you see a picture of my child and you say some horrifically offensive sexual thing underneath the post. Um, and, you know, it's just really caused quite a stir um, in the hockey community and the book talk community, of course. And hey, I'm all for like smut reading, like, don't get me wrong. And I've read my fair share of hockey, like smut. So, um, but there, there comes, you know, a time and a place and a line. And I think it was really cool for you to also like shine a light on this. Um, just cause I feel like a lot of people were confused and they weren't sure cause they're either not on TikTok or they're not on that side of TikTok. Um, so yeah, I thought it was awesome um, that you chose to shine a light on and especially, you know, to him being a former blue jacket and all that sort of stuff. Well, and I think it's just such a complex story in and of itself, right? Because I think that it it speaks a lot to this like parasocial relationship that a lot of people have in society nowadays. And I say this as somebody who like finds myself on the cusp of a generation, but like technically speaking, like probably like timeline wise and more Gen Z, but I'm definitely like an elder Gen Z, right? Where I'm like currently working with students who are Gen Z. And when I work with them, I think you know, even just interacting with them in this way of like knowing how they feel about like celebrities and things like that. And just like, it is, it is such a parasocial like environment where the access that they have and have always had really, if you think about it, like kids these days, like, I mean, like if you're 18, 19, 20 years old, 
I mean, how old, like when did the first iPhone come out, right? Like when did the first smartphone come out? Like these are kids who have never lived without this kind of a connection to their favorite anything. And so it almost is like this idea of like being overly connected and, and thinking that there's no repercussion for the words in which you share uh, and that it doesn't come off as like, strange or creepy when you do it because these are real people like this isn't a fan fiction like these are not like fake names these are people who do get paid money to play a sport and they are in the public eye but like i don't think that that gives anybody a right to treat them the way that alexander Wenberg has been treated and to subject him to that kind of discomfort and harassment it's just not right it's just not cool and and again it gets back to that whole thing that you and i always talk about being the emphasis of our show right it's like being like a people first podcast and similarly like being people first like in the way in which we view these hockey players like yeah alexander Wenberg is one hell of a one hell of a hockey player at times. He's a little inconsistent. Like, let's tell the truth on the show. Um, if we're going to talk hockey, let's talk hockey. <laughs> no, um, but I mean, like, above that, and, like, what will always be more important is the fact that he is he's a father, he is a son, he is a partner, he is, um, you know, a, a man who's not afraid to... He mentions, you know, kind of how much a braver Felicia is in handling some of this stuff than he is. And that could be true. I mean, Felicia obviously, like, looks things in the face, it seems, and is, like, not afraid to speak her mind and like tell folks when they've stepped out of line but to be somebody in his position and to know what kind of repercussions have happened to folks in the past who have spoken out in hockey about anything whether that be related to sexual harassment or otherwise that hasn't gone well for him right and in their um court of public opinion is not always too kind to those humans and so i i think just by sharing anything he's being brave and i think by him being, like you mentioned earlier, uh, somebody who's quite the supporter of the various different movements to involve as many people as humanly possible in the sport of hockey. Like, he's a good dude. Uh, and that's above all all else. And so, uh, obviously, like, as, as the Kraken begin to, to ramp up their season, I hope that they're able to, um, you know, the Wenbergs specifically are able to find some peace and, and um, whatever have you and whatever they need before the start of the season so that when he can get back into game mode and, and worry about that and worry about being a hockey player um, well he also still gets a chance to enjoy some of the other aspects of his life so yeah and it's you know we've we've kind of had similar situations like this with you know our own players with you know issues with Elvis and social media and Johnny Gaudreau and you know, it, it also, it just speaks to the internet culture and particularly the culture of the last few years where being isolated due to COVID did not make um, the internet and any kinder place. Um, and people just feel like if they say it behind a keyboard or they say it behind a screen, um, that it there's no repercussions and there's no you know, harm or the person that they're talking to isn't, you know, a real person. And heck, I even had this conversation with a student this week, like, um, who very much so was, you know, a different person uh, through, you know, media or computer communication than they were in person. And um, it's about reminding everyone and each other that, we are real people and real people with real feelings. And, um, you know, I say to Jeremy all the time, like if we do stuff like a live stream or, 
um, you know, post things on YouTube, like I don't read the comments because I am too afraid of someone, you know, I was bullied my whole life and thank God social media didn't exist when I was a kid because good Lord. But I, even as a full grown woman, uh, still fear that kind of stuff. And, um, I've talked about it before, but as someone who doesn't look like a traditional hockey fan and as a woman and as a person of size, like I, I'm afraid of what people will say online. So I just choose not to. And I tell Jeremy, like, do not tell me, like, <laughs> if something is said, like, you know, obviously, you know, if he, if it's bad enough and he wants to address it on his own in my defense, then I <laughs> fully support that, but also to ignore and delete, um, because it's just, it can be really toxic and, um, you know, I'll just, like Jeremy said, my hope is for the Wenbergs is that, um, and for with the Kraken that they can help um, help him move forward in this and stop. They have gotten rid of all of their posts on social media that were um, sort of crossing the line. Um, but you know, I've even had a little bit of a change of heart though, even since my story came out where I like was a little bit high on the Kraken for this. They like literally haven't said anything about it though. And that, that like, I, I want to hear, I wish they would say something. I mean, like, I assume all sorts of positive intent when it comes to the Kraken as an organization, but like, I wish, and maybe the Wenbergs, like, it could be a request of the Wenbergs, right, to like not draw attention to it. And that's real. But I think, like, just at my face, I'm hopeful that at least the conversation was had with the Wenbergs that like the Kraken wanted to say something. And maybe that the Wenbergs had the opportunity to say, it's okay. Like, don't worry about that. But I, I wish that they would have been more vocal as opposed to just a, a quiet sleep under the rug. I can see that too. And, and, you know, they're, it's all new for them. And this is their first kind of big, like, oopsie do as far as the content has been that they've created. I mean, I know people were a little bit, you know, up in arms when Bowie was announced their mascot. But, you know, other than that, they really haven't done anything that's been shocking or um, controversial. So it's, I think it's all a learning process. And, I'm not a huge fan of cancel culture. I, I really believe in um, trying to give people the opportunity to grow and to change. So maybe this was, like you said, at the behest of the Wenbergs to not say anything publicly, but to just um, learn and do better, like, and, you know, create the kind of content for the team that makes people proud and um, is respectful. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, Ultimately, we will never know the full truth of like some of that behind the scenes stuff. But, you know, ultimately, it's just a hope and a prayer that the Wembergs find what they need in, in this time and uh, that they can move past everything. So we'll see where it goes. And hear that, folks. The, the two pretty liberal humans are not pro-cancel culture. How strange is that? I know. Complex. We're people. Weird. Um, oh, goodness. Well, since I took it there, <laughs> Laura, what else is on your hockey heart right now? Obviously, you know, it's a quiet time. You have definitely uh, got some writing to do about. We talked about our top 10 prospects, but uh, you've got some written analysis coming soon. So we're looking forward to that. I've got to come up with some fun stories to do. I 
I'm all about writing the like philosophical think piece about like athletes and like sexual harassment, but I also would much like I would enjoy to do the fun stuff too. So I've got to think of like a fun, silly article to write soon. I mean, it's a good time. <laughs> yours wasn't silly though. Like yours was fun, but it wasn't silly. I'm talking like, d- like dumb. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much that we're going to get in the off season, but maybe but I mean, when. But that's no, that's exactly when you do it. Right. Cause it's like, which like, power ranking the the concession stand vendors in nationwide arena like that's what i'm talking i'm talking like dumb in that context i can see that i think we can brainstorm some things a ranking of like blue jackets like uniforms throughout history like oh that would be fun i would enjoy that i like that um yeah i i think we can come up with some things we could at least rank like help I could at least help you rank like we could do like what we used to do when we talked about snacks a lot and you could rank the foods at nationwide arena I was thinking Um, it could be fun to like do some like if if you're on TikTok like you have seen these blind rank things where like it's basically just like a raffle of different things and it's like one to five one to ten whatever have you and you just have to like put them not knowing what's coming next uh you just have to put them in order um and it always ends up being a cluster i've I've thought about like what what hockey things could we do that with and like how could we do that on the show i think i would have a lot of fun doing that on the show i don't know about an article but i think it would depend on what it was in order to be an article but it would definitely be fun on the show and i did say i just don't know how to work tiktok because i'm old um but you did do the like most who are the teams that you hate the most um on our tiktok and mm-hmm. um, maybe one day when you can show me or danny can show me i can do my own version it's a good time um, but yeah those things are definitely like fun and as we're getting you know closer to the season we can start talking about like our favorite things to do as we prepare for game nights and um all that sort of stuff because you know, there's definitely a lot to do as you're getting ready for a game. And, you know, that also reminds me that I got my first set of tickets today. So there you go. Uh, October 16th against Detroit, um, which will also be a reminder to all of you to fill out your surveys when you attend a Blue Jackets event because you could win tickets. That part. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think we can come up with some, with some fun ideas for you. And I am excited to do my top 10 prospects. Um, it has been a little bit since we talked about it, but um, we still got like a month before Traverse City. So you, you agreed with me that it was still timely. So, um, but if you're coming for analytics, there's not going to be a ton of it. So don't. You might find it over here. Yeah, Jeremy's has a lot of analytics things. Feelings? Feelings? You're not pointing at me. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. I am on mine. You're not on mine. Interesting. Love that. <laughs> um, so this, or, ooh, this is me pointing to you. Right, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but you're not pointing to me. I promise you I am. I can't wait to clip this so that way. <laughs> <laughs> Use your other hand real quick. Like, what do you mean? Like, Use your other hand to point in the other direction. 
Yeah, now you're pointing at me. No. <laughs> yes, I'm going to take a picture of it. I'll send it to you, too. So that way we can both validate that neither one of us are crazy. Um. <laughs> Put your hand back up there as... Oh, wait. I need, you need to be able to see me pointing. Okay, that's your first way. Now do it the other way. This is so strange. Okay, I'm going to send you that picture right now. So this is episode... 190. 190. And I think what I just learned is that even that like Laura is faces a different way when we record than I face. But mine is what like ends up because I like start it and everything. It shows my way. Because am I to your right or to your left? Like as you're looking at your screen, is my video to your right or to your left? To my left. My video is also that's so weird. But do you see the picture I just sent you? Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> Weird. We're in the Matrix. Do you see the picture I sent you? Yeah. Is that you the first time? That's the first time. There's no, That's impossible. You are not pointing at me. I'll send you the other one. I'm telling you, I promise. <laughs> Everybody who's listening to this is like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, look at the second picture I just sent you. Okay, I'm I'm I swear to you. Okay, so right now, which way You're is it pointing? To the left. I am pointing to you on mine and I'm recording it right now too on my phone so that way I can prove it to you that I am pointing yeah. to you. You are not pointing at me. I am, I promise. You're not. But hey, all I know is that video don't lie. So this is the clip that people will see and they'll validate me. And that's all oh, I need. God. <laughs> um, but yes, feelings over here and more that to say, yeah. of the analytical on the other side, whichever side you're viewing us on. Um, but yeah. Uh, My image is flipped on your screen because the Columbus in mine is backwards and in yours it's not. It reads correct in that, and like the painting that I have right there. Okay. Well, you know that because the, I've always had the problem with the fact that this is it my reverses, camera is yeah. reverses. Like, correct. I don't know. Either it's way, it's a good time. We're having a great time. We've done this 190 times, which means that in 10, It'll be 200. So let us know if you have any like fun things that you think you want us to do for that. Um, we'd love to, to do something fun for that. Episode. Yeah, we actually have to do something fun for 200 because we didn't do something fun for 150 and it made me sad. Yeah. Here's if you if you've learned nothing over the course of listening to our show, it's that Laura is a milestone girl and I live every day like it's a milestone. It's the difference between being an only child and a middle child. Anyway. Exactly. But we have to do something fun for 200. I'm not just going to let you bypass it and ignore me every time I say it. 191, 192, 193, 194, 195. Well, now remember, we haven't decided when we're going back to two episodes a week. Yeah, we have to talk about that. Um, oh, you said that in a way like you don't want to do that. No, we'll figure it out. Anyway, um, one, two, three, four, five. Welcome to our business meeting. Six, seven, eight, nine. I think like the episode either before the season opens or the one that's literally the day the season or the day before the season opens would be 200. 
Okay. Unless something so, like crazy happens. Yeah, that's true. We have to do a special, to do a special episode. episode. But yeah. Does that count the possibility of us doing a possibly unreleasable episode when we're in Traverse City? <laughs> well, it depends on if it ends up being releasable. <laughs> that is true. I guess uh, I answered my own question. Uh, um that is funny, but that'll be fun. I'm excited for it. But anyway, we've rambled on long enough, and we've had enough of a business meeting here. But, Laura, I'm going to throw it to you to tell the good people where they can keep up with all of our shenanigans, because there's going to be a lot of it. Oh, I was also lastly going to just say congratulations to Blue Jackets captain Boone Jenner um, on his marriage this past Saturday. Yeah. So um, I'm forgetting what his wife's name is, but... Congratulations to them. It looked like really fun and it was here in Columbus, so which I thought was nice. A lot of former jackets in town. A lot of former jackets, both in the bridal party and not in the bridal party. So um, it's like not surprising. Correct. Um, so yeah, so let's wrap this thing up because we have rambled on for long enough. But so as we've talked about in this episode, you can follow uh, both Jeremy and I writing for Inside the Rink um, on our personal Twitter pages. Uh, you can follow Jeremy at ITR Jeremy and I'm at ITR Laura. We are hopefully posting weekly. Jeremy tends to pump out articles faster than I do, obviously, since I only have one. Um, but <laughs> um, you can catch all of our writing there and we will post it in our um podcast feed as well so speaking of that you can follow uh, the podcast on social media on twitter and instagram uh subjectively pod you can follow us on facebook tiktok and youtube at subjectively speaking we do have a lovely website with subjectivelyspeaking.com that you can check out um also if you want to support your two favorite hockey, hockey podcasters and all of the things that we are hoping to do in this upcoming season you can Check out our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. Hopefully, maybe adding some new things to it um, before the season starts. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. Um, and again, we don't know how the algorithms work. We just know that all of your likes, subscriptions, comments, stars, all of that stuff uh, helps to bring us more attention in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, please make sure that you take care of yourselves and take care of one another. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.